0: When you, you guys just got an exclusive because she never gets up and talks, so. Hey. She, man. It's been a year. I remember, you know, we, we talk a lot, you know, about our son and the situation. It's still fresh, but, um, you know, I had some brothers I was doing prison ministry with after the diagnosis, And they came to me and they said, you know what, we're just going to cancel, you know, all the prisons that we're supposed to go into so you can just walk through this with your family. And I told him, you know what, that's what the enemy would love for me to do is to go into hiding. I said, but I'm going to stand in the face of the enemy and say, you know what, you know what, this isn't going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But, uh, man, such powerful testimonies. Tony, I mean this brother right here. He, so many of y'all. How many have seen us on Pando on the podcast? Like everybody, if your hands are down and you're next to somebody with a hand up, you gotta. We praying for you. Okay, so <laughs> Tony walks into the church, like man, what's up? You know, and um, as far as had hurt us on the inside, like so many of you are, and um, and, and walking with Tony, and you know when. When we're in prison we don't we don't like being told what to do we we, we usually got to prison because we got an authority problem we don't want to listen from for, for to nothing and uh, when we get out of prison that process of like being discipled by someone like Jesus had his disciples and they learned from him he showed them he taught him right and so I know when I got out of prison and you know people would be like hey where are you at or where are you going I'm like man, I just got out. I, I ain't got to report to you, you know. And so I just remember with Tony, like, trying to work with him, give him advice. But, you know, some of us, we've all been there. We're a little hard-headed, right? And so, but I never really gave up <laughs> on Tony. And uh, one, he, you know what about Tony, and, and, I, and I bring this up to say this, is that I told Tony the last time I saw him, I said, look, God's got a call on your life. He wants you to be preaching and delivering the word. And I told him, you know what, I don't give that word to very many people, but God's told me and showed me a vision of what he has for you, right? That's why I told Tony, right? Immediately the next day from there, he quit his job, started drinking, called a girl, went and got high, and immediately, because once the word is planted, the enemy came to try to snatch that. Like, no, 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 you're not, right? And so he went on, he went on his, uh, okay, he went on his path, that's a little better. Um, he went on his path of destruction, right, and, um, you know, called me, it's like, you got a call from the Bear County Jail, and it's like, please state your name, Tony, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, Tony, what's up? You know, he went through that process, and when he got out, they offered him 10 years to to go back to TDCJ. 10 years. And he had people that were telling him, hey, you should sign for that. Well, it was like your fifth one, and they enhanced it and all this other stuff. And and he had other charges as well. And, um, you know, something that I'll never forget, he told me, he's like, you know what, I'm believing that God's going to make this go away. They offered him to sign for 10 years in prison, one week, the next week his lawyer called him and said, don't bother going to court, they've dropped all the charges. But you know what, people thought he was crazy. And I'm like, what if he just gave up? What if he just signed it, 10 years of his life, going back and free. So you know what, that's why we serve God, that's why we travel, that's why we come here to show you love, because he's been that good to us. Nothing else we have ever served has been that good to us people, you know, things, um, places, and uh, to see, you know, Tony's story, David starting his story, um, and so we're working with David, we're praying for this, brother. <laughs> I'm going to put you out there. On the way here, five minutes into the car ride, this brother run me so hot, because he don't want to listen, that I pulled over and said, you can get out, you ain't going, so we love him. We love him. But you know what? I'm going to tell you, if you get down and you're going to roll with us, we love you so much. We want you to do the right things and make the right choices and go through that discipleship. And so um, it's a blessing to get to be on their journeys. And, of course, I had my own journey. When I showed up to prison, I was, tw- I was 20 years old, right? And so people tell me, you look like you're 13, you know, you know, just because I had the baby face and stuff like that. And um, I got so tired of people asking me, like, you look too young. And I'm like, well, you should have told the judge that, you know, you know. So uh, I got so tired of hearing that all the time, right. And so they, they told me in the county they wired me up like the Energizer Bunny. They put that key in my back and just wound me up. They said, when you get to TDC, you find the biggest dude and you call him out to get your respect. And I was like, all right, because otherwise people are going to be messing with you because you're a youngster all right man I didn't have to go looking for the fight the fight came to me within the first 12 hours and so I saw somebody from the county gave me a black bag of coffee and uh I was like appreciate it and then this one dude was saw the black bag of coffee and he's like hey look out can I get a shot of coffee I'm like yeah yeah here you go and uh you know I didn't know how it all goes you know once you give they're gonna come back for more and uh (laughs) So I'm like, he got his he got his shot of coffee. Now he's good, and me, I told myself, man, by the you know, I'm waiting for my money to come from the county to TDC. Take about a month before you make store the first time. I'm like, I'm trying to make this coffee last, you know, and so man, I'm over there at the gurney unit, uh, underneath uh, the showers underneath the TV, you know, taking a shower, uh, the transfer units, and you taking a shower and you 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 looking at them watching tv and you making sure their eyes on the tv and not on you all right so i'm taking a shower and i see this brother go over to my bunk and he's looking i see him looking around he don't know i'm in the shower i guess he thought i left the dorm he popped up in my locker i didn't have a lock yet right he opened my locker went in there got him a shot of coffee and i just saw red i come straight up out that shower butt naked, and just started laying into him. The officer came in with the pepper spray from the picket. Man, he got away from me. He slipped up out my hands. I'm all wet, chasing him around the day room. It was a show. It was a show, you know. And when I left prison, I had 11 major cases and 15 minors. And I showed my wife. I held on to them. And, uh, you know, so I was the definition of a crash dummy when I came in. And, uh, hey, but I had my respect. I I had five years, and I did that flat. But you know what? Uh, Six months later, G4, then went from G4 after a riot to G5 and did uh, 18 months in high security. And then uh, after that, went to Beto. I don't know if y'all been to Beto before, but that's that's rocking and rolling. And um, at Beto unit. And then after a ride at Beto ended up at the Clemens unit. And these two brothers over here, uh, I know them for the Clemens unit, uh, not while I was doing time, but from uh, they're over here to life coaches and training. And um, man, I'm going to just tell you that for the first three and a half years of my time, I was angry. I was mad. I grew up and I was taken, went through the foster care system and CPS. Like, you know, at 18 years old, I maxed out, and was homeless, went back to my family, got me hooked on drugs, followed that whole path, but you know what, it wasn't that I didn't believe in God, I believed in him, but I was mad at him. I was like, God, you gave me an unfair life, like this isn't even fair, you know, I was so mad and angry, and I carried that anger, and that's why I was able to pop off just at any moment, you know, at any time, and so man, after G5, after Beto, I rolled up on Clemens, and I was like, something's got to change, something's got to be different, because I can't keep doing the same things, but expect different results, right, I got to get something right, and I went on this journey, and I remember I was out of place with three other dudes, there was four of us in a cell, and we were getting high, and there was an officer came out of nowhere, like it wasn't, it wasn't even close to count time, nothing, you know, and uh, he came up, and he passed the cell. We we'd already threw the baby powder, the hair gel, s- squeezed the bottle, everything. He walked by, and he stopped. And I'm like, oh, he stopped. Oh, he's backing up. He's coming back. And he, he came to the cell, and he looked at me, and, and uh, we, one dude's on a toilet, and uh, two of the other ones are under the bunk. And he's like, it's smelling like the weed. <laughs> no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm smelling like I had a weed. <laughs> Lieutenant came down, get out of him. He's like, Y'all, y'all been smoking? No. He's like, you so high, you so high, Cody, you can't even get your, your boxes off and on. And I was. And so the next day they called they they racked everybody up, brought everybody out to the day room, and they said, piss test for everybody. So I'm sitting there in that moment and I'm like, Jesus, if you're real, please <laughs> let me pass. How many of y'all, God, if you get me out of this right now, I promise I'm going to do good. That was me in that moment. But you know what? It, it wasn't just like a Hail Mary, like just do this for me. I really meant it in my heart. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be for real. I'm going to serve you, God, for real, if you get me about this jam. So there's four of us. I was the last one to go, and they went and two minutes, a positive, put your hands behind your back, go into to medium custody. I saw this happen to three of them. And then I went up, and I'm waiting at two minutes, and waiting, and they said, negative, have a nice day. Took them three dudes down the hall and left me in the day room. And everybody's looking through the bars watching. I'm like, I'm glad they did this in day room. Imagine if I went back. I went to the major's office. Them three dudes got locked up. I come back like, hey, what's up? But uh, everybody's seen it go down, and, and I was like, Man, but you know what? That still wasn't enough for me. I was like, God, please, like, if that was really you, (laughs) show me another sign. And uh, he did. You know, they they called me to the property room, and they said, man, you got a Bible from your last unit. Well, I had already been on Clemens for like a year. You know, any property going to follow you sooner than that. And I would never seen this Bible in my life, and it had my name in it. And uh, I was like, uh, I I told this, my, my homeboy, Chino, like, look at you know what you think about this? That I, that I got this Bible, and he knew everything. He said you were praying for another sign, right? I was like, man, <laughs> all right. But you know what? I say this to say, like Tony, when God calls you, you can't run from Him. When He when He's called you and He's after you and He's got a plan on your life, like you know what? Tony tried to go back to the old life, but he couldn't, right? And uh, that's just how good God is, but. You know what, I got a, uh, a few minutes to bring this word. I got a word for you guys uh, from Luke, not Luke, I already was in Luke, let me go back, uh, from John chapter 5, John chapter 5, and today I want to talk to you about the man by the pool. How many of y'all seen Chosen on Pando? All right, so if you've seen Chosen, you might be familiar with this story. And if you haven't, maybe you go watch it after this today. All right. So we're going to start on chapter 5, verse 1. He said, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water, that whoso who stepped into it first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, I'm going to stop right there to tell you, I've heard this story a lot and read it a lot, and I always thought, what kind of, what kind of uh, tricks and games is, is, is God playing to send an angel once a year to all these crippled people and lame people and sick people, just to stir it up, just so the first one that gets there gets it. I'm like, this doesn't sound like God. So my wife and I actually did more study into it, and I think that the words in the original language they help be able to decipher this a little more. That this angel was kind of, was not a thing of God. This angel was like. You know people in the same way out in the world or whatever that believe in fortune telling and terror cards and things like that is that this this angel was was not something of god right it was it was something else it was something demonic and um so i never knew that until you dive into more study about it and um so then when you understand that then you're like okay it makes sense because there's a lot of things that people can do and even other religions Or people might see some temporary good, right? But it doesn't last long or it's not for everybody. Okay, I just wanted to say that. Um, Okay, uh, verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before him. Before me, Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So what I want to share with you guys with this story is that Jesus did many miracles in the Bible, right? The blind were healed, the crippled, the deaf were made to hear, dead uh, people were brought back to life. There's a lot of miracles recorded in the Bible that Jesus did, but this is the only story where I, I see that Jesus just told a man, get up and walk. He didn't say your faith has made you whole. He didn't say he was healed. He just told him to get up and take up his bed and walk. It said that this man had been by the pool for how many years? 38 years, right? So I want to do something today, a little group participation is, how old are you? Put your, there's a blank. He was 38. How old are you? Put your age in there. How old are you? 23. 23 years. Put, you, put, put your years in there. How many, how old are you? This man had been there by the pool waiting, right, his, his whole life. Jesus said to him, do you, made, do you want to be made well? That almost sounds like a trick question. That's like me asking you, do you want to get out? No, it's good here at the wind unit. <laughs> they feed good, comfy bed. I love the accommodations. I'm good to stay. No, nobody's going to say that, right? He said, do you want to be made well? Why did Jesus ask him that question? It doesn't make sense, of course. Why didn't he just heal him and move on? Why did he ask him that question, do you want to be made well? Because there are a lot of us that are in the room right now that are just fine living the way that we're living, doing what we're doing. We ain't tired of it. People tell me like, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm going to come to God when I'm ready, right? Then you, you're good where you're at then, you know? People tell me, you know what, uh, I'm going to get out and I'm going to just go back to how things were. I'm not ready for that. I tell them, man, might as well keep your bunk open, you know? Three, th- what is it, three out of four people are going back now, close to 75% going back within the first three years, Y'all all all heard that number. That's me that if we divided this room up and all the people in here by that statistic, it's saying that 75% of you that are sitting here right now will be back in here, sitting in here again within the first three years. That's what the statistics have shown. Doing Kairos parole gave a statistic, right? Because they give you a certificate when you complete Kairos and they said like, just over 75% of people who complete Kairos uh, do not come back, right? And that's going to say that people who are participating in faith-based programs and that have given their life to Jesus don't come back. We've all been incarcerated, except my wife. We love her anyway. We, t- we took her in. Hey. We've all been locked up, and we're here to tell you that we've been here, and we've done everything, and we tried everything. And the only thing that changed our life, the way that we can be successful today is through Jesus. So you can keep, you keep believing your truth, but your truth leads to destruction. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life abundantly. I'm living the abundant life. I am, brothers. I'm to tell you that right now. When I met my wife, I weighed 130 pounds when I got out of prison. I wore a size medium. I'm in a 3X today because the word of God says come and taste that the Lord is good. Hey, he's good. And I've been tasting that he's good. Amen. I never want to go back to a blue tray on the chow line, right? Right? So many brothers I meet. There was another brother that I just met two months ago. He got out a month after we, we met. He made parole and he's out. But you see people that are getting out. They come out on fire for God. And then the next week, they're like, man, it's so hard to get a job. I might as well go back to slinging. It's like, you only been out a week. you already given up, you know. It just blows my mind at how quick people are ready to go back to the poison in the life. And this brother had already been down two, three times already, you know. And it's like he's, he's going to go back again. And so what we want to offer you is a free gift, something that Jesus gave to us. Not only have we been able to stay out, but the remaining two years of my sentence after I gave my life to the Lord was different. I had favor. I never got a visit. I never had family. Some church people wrote, put me on your visiting list. I'm like, yeah, right. They ain't going to come see me. They drove four hours to come see me. I cried four years. I ain't ever seen nobody from the outside, you know. I'm like, Man. They call, I, I had my, uh, I was a line three, and they called me down to the uh, warden's office, UCC, to give me my line class back six months before I discharged. And the lady said, uh, Mr. Ford, you've had 11 major cases and like 15 minor cases, and the past year you've been case free. What's different? And I told her, I gave my life to Jesus. And I could tell in that moment that she really wasn't a believer, but she couldn't deny that something had changed, right? Amen. So, if you, many of us have said, oh, we're a Christian, we're serving God, but can people tell? I saw a man walking up to me the other day when I went into the gas station, and he was all walking like this. Hey, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can I get a dollar? Can I get a dollar? And I went up to him, and he stank like Jack Daniels so bad. And my wife said, was in the car, what'd that man want? And I said, he wanted me to give him some money. I said, he was drunk. She said, how do you know he was drunk? And I said, by the way he walked. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. By the way he talked, I could tell. Right, If they were passing out major cases for being a Christian, would you qualify? Right? Would they find enough evidence in your life to be like, "Mm, yeah, they're a Christian, right? Man, being up in here in prison, I'm here to tell you is that you can be like this man sitting by the pool where you're just fine. You're just coasting. You're just going through the motions. You're just doing your time like you've always done it. And maybe you're worried about what somebody else will think about you that if you'll say that you stand up or gave your life to Christ, right? And so I'm coming here today to tell you, do you want to be made well? Are you tired of doing life the way you've been doing it? Are you ready for something different? Are you ready for something to change? Are you ready to go into a new year and it be different than last year? Not because your situation's different, but because your mind and your heart's different. Because you gave your life to Christ and you said, you know what? I'm not in the steering wheel anymore driving. I'm going to let you drive, God. I'm going to let you be in control, God. You're going to keep struggling. You're going to be keep being like this man. But you know what? Why don't we give our life to Christ in prison? Why didn't I give my life to Christ for years in prison, right? Why didn't I serve him? Because I was like this man right here. In verse 7, this sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to, to, to put me into the pool when the water stirred. But while I'm coming, another one stands out. Jesus, you don't know the life I've been through. You don't know how my daddy did me. You don't know how my mama, you don't know what they say about me. I'm in here I don't, my people ain't holding it down, God. Going through it, man. The people be hating on me, Lord. Man, I'm just I ain't coming to you, God, because you don't know what I've been through. I've been through a lot. I mean, every time I, I was serving, I was doing good, but You know what? Then 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 my homeboy rolled up and was like, I got a little something, and I was just like, okay, well, I'm feeling real down right now. I got I'm feeling real down right now, but you know what? So you know what, Lord, you you know you 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 know I love you, Lord, but I just I, I just can't I can't like I can't really serve you the way And Jesus said, I'm sick and tired of all of your excuses, all your crying, all your whining about everything you've been through. And I said, get up and walk. Quit crying. Quit making excuses. It's time to man up. It's time to do something different. Right? I'm here to tell you we've all had a bad life. That's why we're in prison. We all been through the struggle. We all didn't have our parents there like we should have. We all been missing out on things, and Jesus is saying, Quit making the excuses. I'm ready to do something different in your life. I'm ready to help you. I'm ready to heal you. But you keep making excuses, right? He didn't say you were healed. What's that mean? What's that mean? Are you telling me this story I believed about the Bible, about the man, about the poor this whole time? I thought he was crippled. Why? Because he was with other crippled people. Right? You might be with other crippled people that in your, in your mind, they have convinced you, this is how it is. This is where, how it is for people like us, where we from. You know, how we grew up. Man, it's just it's the way it is. It's the only life we could ever live. They ain't going to give us no job. Man, they, they, I can't change my life. I've been doing this since doing this. I mean, Cat William been pimping since pimping. I've been doing this since doing this was doing this. I can't change. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, you're saying that this man was with so many crippled people and sick that he himself thought he was. Because Jesus just said, man, bro. Get up and walk, right? And I lived crippled for the first three years in TDC in my mind because I did what everybody else did. Everybody else gets high. Everybody else got to get the respect. Everybody else, I know I ain't talking to the people in here, Everybody else gets out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I became a product of my environment. This man became a product of his environment. Jesus wasn't being mean. That's, you know, yeah, I, when, I get, when I get fired up, I just, yeah, I just sweat. Hey. We live in a world and society now that says that if you've been through a hard life and you make all the excuses like this man, we're just going to give you a pill to make you feel better, right? It says in Corinthians, when I was a child, I act like a child, I talk like a child, but when I, be- when I became a what? A man, I put away childish things, Right? Why was I playing the games on sitting on the bench where we knock each other's side the head or some, uh, another man's grabbing another man's butt? Why is that happening? Because I seen it in my environment, everybody else did. I mean, this is just part of being locked up. I'm institutionalized. We make all these excuses. But he said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And when I was praying, God, what word do I need to give the men of the WIND unit? He said, it's a new year, and I'm wanting some men at the WIND unit to rise up, to walk in their God-given authority as a man, as a kingdom man, that says, you know what? I'm serving God. I'm doing something different. I'm done with the excuses. And like Tony said, I don't care what anybody's got to say about it right? This is between me and God. Rise. I want to rise in this next year. I want God to take me to new levels, right? I want God to open new doors and do new things. In Isaiah, many people quote that scripture, behold, I'm going to do a new thing. Can you not see it? But before he can do a new thing, you got to let go of the old thing, right? Right? We come to God with our hands full of everything else that we're trying to take with him. And he's trying to give us blessings, but he can't put nothing in your hand because your hand's already full. You got, you, got, you got this that you're still carrying, this over here, this, and you're like, okay, Lord. And you have the audacity to tell other people, well, I tried that God thing and nothing happened. God ain't ever blessed me. I seen God do all this for other people. It ain't done nothing for me. <coughs> nothing for me. Oh man, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all all saved at the win unit. It's the Clemens unit that I, I must be thinking about. The Clemens unit, y'all. These guys, y'all. Y'all are good, straight Christian people. All right. So many of us, you could be sitting here like, "Oh, this don't apply to me. I'm already walking with the Lord. I'm already saved, and I'm all good." You know what I'm saying? Like that, that don't apply to me. Once again, another ministry came in, preaching about people for Jesus. I'm already serving Jesus. So for you serving Jesus, and the chapel workers, and the worship team, and the people behind the scenes, I got, I got something for y'all, all right? So once you've decided to rise, take up your bed, and walk, right? Right here it says in verse 14, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. Sin no more. Have you ever seen people or maybe even your own life that after you accepted Christ and then you slowly started slipping back into old things, things became harder for you, things became worse for you. If you don't believe me, how many people have you talked to, or maybe you're one of them, that you meet that have been to prison already and they're back here again? And so it normally starts off like this. I got this brother right here, Tony. I'm picking on him today. He done like 14 years altogether. And he's a perfect example. I started off with two years. I came back with five. I came back with ten. I'm doing a 20 piece now. You don't meet nobody that said, I did ten and came back with two. Why? Because the worst thing came upon them. Because they knew what was good, what was right. And they went further and darker into the things of the world. And Jesus said, you've been made well. See, Jesus is saying, you had a lot of grace for those 38 years, right? Because you were over there by the pool. But now that I've come and gave you this message and told you to rise, pick up your bed and walk, be careful lest the worst thing come upon you. Because we don't have any more excuses anymore. Once we know the truth, You decided to come to this service today, hey, when you stand before God and get judged by yourself, just you and yourself, not you and your family or your homeboys or anyone else, just between you and God, you can never say, I never knew about Jesus, Lord. You can't. Some people may be able to say that. And if you did, and this was the only service he came to, he would say, you remember, on January 7th of 2024, when worthy people came into the win unit, you heard about me, right? Right? So Jesus said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. That's how we need to be able to look at it. If we're serving Jesus, we need to quit playing games and the chapel politics, and the worship politics, and who's anointed, and who's whatever, and brothers got to quit looking at other brothers all the time. Will you see what he's doing? Will you see what, instead of running it, you run in your mouth to everybody else about what they're doing, won't you try this? The Bible says, pray for them. Hey, pray for them, right? When everything was going on out in the world, it was 2020, it was COVID, George Floyd, there was all these riots happening downtown, and it was crazy, and I was talking to a man, and he said, I've never seen the world so divided right now, and I said, well, you just ain't been to prison. He said, I've never seen everything, I've never seen so much division. I said, well, go to prison then. When I was in prison, there were brothers that didn't want to, Christian brothers, right, We serve in the same God, going to the same heaven. But I dared read the Bible out of the new King James instead of the King James Version. And you know what they said? I wasn't a real Christian. Jesus told the Pharisees, y'all have made so many rules. You tie stones around people's necks that drag them down to make them not even serve me. Jesus said, it'll be worse for you on Judgment Day than it was for those in Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus said, he ain't playing about his children. We gotta quit making up the rules as we go about who's qualified, who's not, who's whatever. We gotta come together and say, we're all in white. We're all in this together, right? We do. We do. Sin no more lest the worst thing come upon you. We all fall, the Bible says that a righteous man, it doesn't even say a wicked man, a worldly man, or an unrighteous man. It says a righteous man falls seven times. Seven, he says, how many times do I forgive my brother? Seven times. Seven, And their language, was the number for infinity. What was Jesus saying? Not only do, do we forgive infinite times, he said we fall, infinite times. But it's not about the fall. It's about getting back up again. It's about getting back up again. Don't let the devil fool you and think, well, you know what? I rise, picked up my bed and walked. He said, don't sin no more. I sinned. I guess I'm done. I'm toast. I'm done. So many people that I'll meet in a prison and then I'll come back two months later and they'll be like, you know what? I gave my life to the Lord. Things were going good. And then the, all this bads kept happening in my life and coming against me, you got to know that when you give your life to Christ, all hell's gonna break loose. All hell's gonna break loose in your life in here with other people because the enemy doesn't want you to serve God. He wants to keep you bound. He wants to keep you addicted. He wants to keep you enslaved. but you got to make the decision every day. I'm not going back by the pool. I'm not sitting over there wishing and hoping that, okay, Maybe I can complete enough classes. Maybe I can get enough certificates to get parole. Maybe they got a good parole lawyer for me. I'm getting out this time. No, I'm not putting all my faith in anything else but you, Jesus. I'm going to sit right here and serve you. I'm not going back to the pool. I'm not going back to being thinking that I'm crippled again. I'm going to be set free, not only physically but in my mind and spiritually. And so my word to you today is this. And worship team, y'all can go up, come up and we're going to close this out. We were given this word in, in church. We went into full-time prison ministry and we closed Worthy People Church in August. And now we go to a church in San Antonio called Community Bible Church. And God told me that we were going to be a part of a church that not only welcomed us and welcomed people from prison but that they also uh, stood along beside us. And so God's just opening a lot of doors through this. But in the church, my pastor said last Sunday, he said last Sunday, everybody wants a word for a new year. What's the word for a new year? And he said, the word for 2024 is simple. It's this. It's yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And he did the sign language for yes, yes. If y'all saw my devotional, you already know this. And then he said that make an L, put that L on your left shoulder and go to your right help. Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. What are you saying yes to? Yes, Lord, you can have my time. Yes, Lord. I'm going to serve you no matter what. Yes, Lord, I'm going to seek you over other things. Yes, Lord, I'm going to quit being so mad and upset about everything. Yes, Lord, I'm going to get in your word and study and learn who I am and who you are. Yes, Lord, I'm going to start praying and developing my relationship with you. Yes, Lord. Because whenever you come and you call him Lord, do you know what Lord really means? That he is your master, right? So if someone is your master and God is your, your Lord and Jesus is your Lord, you cannot tell him no. It doesn't make sense in, in sign language. And the pastor said, this is a no, no, Lord. And so when you're all in and you're saying, I'm all in to serving you, You can only say yes, Lord, whatever you have for me to do. And that's my word for you for 2024. See some things change in your time and what you're doing by saying yes to him. But as you say yes to him, you're going to be saying no to some other people. You know that knock table that you're usually at? Hey, you know when you're getting all mad and you getting all mad about your sports teams and starting yelling, and all the four-letter words come out your mouth. It's looking like, you know what? No, I'm not going to be able to hang out with you. No, I'm not going to choose my time over here. Oh, I, I got that good. I got that good. No, it's going to be. You're saying no to other things and other people because you're saying yes to him. But you know what? This is only for people who have gotten up from the pool. And there's some people in this room that they've been by that pool. Not for just 38 years. Some longer. Some have been by that pool 50-something years. Some have been by that pool 20-something years. Some have been by that pool 30-something years. And they're tired. And they needed to come here today and hear from all these ex-cons that said, We were right there with you, drinking the poison, thinking that we were sick until we realized that Jesus had healed us and set us free and that he has a plan for our life and that he wants to change your life. And not only does he want to change your life, when I gave my life to the Lord, it wasn't in a church service. It wasn't in an altar call moment like this. I was in a day room. And a brother said to me, this is why it's important that you brothers are living what what you preach. And the brother said, I knew there was something different about him. I'd done every drug in the book and I hadn't had the high that he had on the most high. And he said to me, just this right here. He said, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go? And they said, rack time, rack it up, everybody. And I went back to my cell and I couldn't go to sleep. And I kept praying replaying in my mind if I died where would I go I'd go to hell I don't want to go to hell I want to go to heaven and I remember in Clemens unit B row cell uh, row one cell 16 I got down on my knees on a concrete floor and I cried to Jesus like a baby and I said you know what if you'll take this pain this anger this addiction this foul mouth, this dirty mind, if you take it all from me, God, I promise I'll serve you. And He did, and I got up off that cell floor in prison April 5th, 2012. And I've never been the same. I've never looked back. It's been out 11 years, never took a drink, never a sip, never a high, never a hit. And I'm not bragging on me. Because I never thought I could stand before you and tell you that. I'm bragging on God. That's the power that He has. And God says He's not a respecter of persons. What He does for one, He'll do for another. I'm looking at some people in here that got some stories that need to change people's lives in here. You need to tell people about your faith. God wants to use you in these walls. There's some people that are getting out of these walls one day that the world needs you. Your family needs you to do something different, right? So we're here to tell you today, are you ready to rise? Are you ready to pick up your bed and walk? Are you ready for something to change? Are you ready to do something different? Remember, we can't do like Tony said, I'm going to serve you, Lord, but I'm just going to keep doing this. He's not interested in that. The Bible says that he's a jealous God. When we had our girl out in the world, yeah, I did have a girl in the world, sorry. When we had our girl out in the world, did we want her messing around with other guys? No. We were jealous. We only wanted her for us. Guess what? God's the same way. He don't want you cheating on him with K2. He don't want you cheating on him with with, uh, uh, Maxim Magazine. Sports illustrated. He don't want you cheating on him with the football game. Right? He said, Hey, I want to be, I want you to be all in. I want to be a hundred percent the only thing in your life. We want to give you an opportunity to do that. And guys, if you guys want to come forward, the prayer team, just to close us out here in prayer, we're gonna have this moment. If anybody says hey I'm ready to go all in for 2024 I'm ready to pick up my bed and walk I'm ready for some things to change in my life we want to give you an opportunity to be able to do that Um, we want to ask you just to come forward in this moment there's nothing special about us but there is something special when you go before God and you say you know what God I need your help I'm ready I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being by the pool. There's people in here today that should be coming forward, but they're worried about what their homeboy might think. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. This is an opportunity to show Jesus I'm not ashamed of you. I'm not ashamed of what people are think. I need you in my life. I need you to heal me. I need you to change me. We've tried it all in our own strength. I didn't come here to knock anybody today for banging. I didn't come to knock anybody today for smoking. I didn't come to knock anybody today for anything. I came to tell you that that's who I used to be and God set me free and I could never do it on my own and he wants to do the same for you. That's all I came. It's a free gift. If we were passing out parole, people would be up here. That might be physical freedom, but I want to invite you today to spiritual freedom, to be set free on the inside. There's people in this room, you once were serving God, but you've turned your back on Him. you slowly slipped back into your old ways. And He's saying, you know what, come back to me. Come back to me. I miss the fellowship that we used to have. And Jesus is saying, come on back. I forgive you. I love you. And if that's you, just come forward in this moment. Maybe you're serving God. Maybe you say, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. But I've been feeling weary. I've been feeling weak. I've been struggling. I've been going through some things. If that's you, we want to invite you to come forward. You don't even got to pray with us. Just a good time with God and say, God, you know what? I'm coming forward as a bold step of faith to let you know I need you more in my life. I need you to help me with what I'm going through right now. In Jesus' name.